0: You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS Podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to a Saturday morning edition. Very bright and early Saturday morning here on the East Coast. You can probably hear it in my voice, I'm only about six sips into my coffee, came right down to the, you know, the den-ish area to record this week 14 podcast, but I have to first apologize for not getting a week 13 lineup review and Monday night showdown podcast out to you. Monday was out of control hectic, Tuesday was out of control hectic. Uh, For me, and then by that point, I said I'll just do it as a quick recap to the start of the week 14 podcast. I know half the reason that you guys listen to the lineup Cash Game Thought Process podcast, anyways, to get the Monday Night Showdown thoughts. So at that point, you know, I figured just a few minutes to start this podcast would suffice. It was the first week 13, was the first time all season that I made two cash lineups. What it came down to was uh, a few things, but first and foremost, Sony Michel status being up in the air. I knew if Sony Michel was the lead back, he was an absolute must at four three. But I, unlike some other people, were pessimistic that Daryl Henderson would not be involved in the game plan. So I split my lineups. I kind of hedged myself a little bit. Uh, the lineup that had Sony Michel was a really duped lineup. Um, It had Jonathan Taylor, Chris Godwin, Sony Michelle. It went for like 174 and change. It was, you know, when you look at the double ups, it was like there was a million other people in the double up that had that lineup. It was, you know, a pretty straightforward, you know, if you were using an optimizer or just locking in the quote unquote best plays of the week, it was pretty easy to land on that lineup, the other lineup that I had scored one fifty four, and did not do so hot. Took combined, they won fifty three percent of head to heads on the week. The one fifty four lineup had Brandon Ayuk, which was a which was a mistake. It didn't have Chris Godwin. I went Hunter Renfro instead. Uh, had the Miami defense, but it did have Elijah Mitchell, who underperformed. And one of the notes that I have here is, you know, TJ Hernandez pointed it out on Twitter a few days before week 13 began. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. You know, the 49ers have a pretty low total in terms of the in in the context of the entire slate. Yet Brandon Ayuk, yet Elijah Mitchell, yet George Kittle are all going to be chalk. Is there enough to go around? Obviously, that wasn't the case. Mitchell did fine. He like three X'd. But Ayuk was just non-existent except for like one or two 20-yard catches. He ended up with like seven or eight fantasy points. He completely tanked that lineup. So, it brings me down to 68% of head-to-heads won on the year. We were up at 74-ish two weeks ago, but two back-to-back weeks uh, of not great results will do that. For you, okay. Week fourteen. Half the reason that I am doing this podcast a little bit late into the week is because there was a good amount of news that we needed to hear. Like, I I sat down on Thursday and I thought, you know, there is just so many ifs, ands, or buts that I am going to have to say on this podcast that it, you know, the information probably isn't even going to be worthwhile. So it's Saturday. We have a little bit more of a clear picture at quarterback Taysom hill he's going to hit every optimal right there are some issues right he's got a partially torn plantar fascia he has a mallet finger i mean i'm i'm i'll be 100% honest i've only heard the term mallet finger this year between him and russ but reading reports he's got to throw the ball differently his spirals aren't as tight luckily for Taysom hill we are not rostering him for his throwing ability, we're rostering him because he can go for 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, which he basically did last week. So I do like Taysom Hill um, <clears throat> more so than Cam. I think Cam's a good tournament play. Obviously, everybody just is, just hates Cam because of what happened a few weeks ago. He was chalking cash through like six interceptions, got like four DK points. Um, but I think uh, he and DJ Moore uh, are not a bad low-owned tournament option. I don't think I can get to Cam and Cash. Uh, it's going to be Taysom for me uh, if I pay down. Or or Taylor Heineke. Uh, he has a pretty solid matchup. Against the Cowboys, they've looked pretty good. The only problem with Heineke is he has been really hitting his median projection every week. Um, the rushing hasn't been there. They've really been giving... Antonio Gibson, most of the goal line work. Uh, so, you know, that rushing upside for Heineke, which is really what makes his ceiling pop, hasn't been there. If you're paying up, obviously, I think Josh Allen against the Bucks pass funnel is going to be a pretty solid spot. Um, Dak, you know, here's the thing. The football team's been playing pretty good defense recently. So I don't know if I love Dak, but I do really like uh, Russ in tournaments this week. I think, against the Texans, Russ and Lockett or DK with a run back of Brandon Cooks, who now gets Davis Mills back, who he has flourished under, right? We thought Tyrod was going to be good for Brandon Cooks. It's actually Davis Mills who produces Brandon Cooks' biggest games. So yeah, I mean, quarterbacks, I mean, I'm pretty set on Taysom. I know that it is a little bit risky because he's a little banged up. He might not be throwing the ball perfect. But, however, against the Jets, I just think the upside for him to run and have another 100-yard and multiple-score game on the ground, plus, you know, even if he tacks on 201 touchdown through the air, it just makes his floor and ceiling combination hard to pass up on this slate. Um, At running back, I think at the top, There really isn't much. Obviously, Eckler, he's getting all the high-value touches that we like. He's getting touches at the goal line. Right when they're inside the five, they're handing the ball off to him. They're not bringing in Justin Jackson. They're not bringing in Larry Roundtree for the most part. They are letting uh, Eckler kind of be that lead back. He's also getting a ton of targets. He has like five or six catches in every game uh, over the last month or so. And they're beat up uh, at receiver. So I think this game they could lean a bit. Austin Eckler out of the backfield and maybe just run a little bit more so he is a great payup option obviously Uncle Lenny listen I don't love playing Leonard Fournette at 7.4k however I mean Brady is it's not even about the rushing ability right because the Bills have a pretty solid run defense Brady is just peppering him with targets he's basically like James White uh, to Tom Brady these days he, if you look at the usage out of the backfield Six, seven, eight, nine targets a game for Lenny White. Excuse me. <laughs> a little combo of James White and Leonard Fournette there for Leonard Fournette. So I really like Leonard Fournette. I think, I don't know if it's possible to get both of them in your lineup. Um, so like the other payup guy is Mixon. He worries me. He's sick. He hasn't practiced. I mean, I know that doesn't really mean much. When guys are sick, oftentimes they just absolutely explode uh, because it's not like it's an ankle, it's not really hindering them on game day. If they are, you know, if they're fully healthy and not sick anymore. But I think I I would go Eckler over Mixon. Lenny over Mixon as well. I think you can get them both in your lineup. But uh, I don't know if I will get there, to be honest. But yeah, Lenny for sure is a solid play if you can't get up to Eckler. Then we have a few 6K backs, right? So Antonio Gibson, even if JD McKissick returns... I think the workload for, I mean, Gibson is, has almost 28 touches a game since the Redskins. Ah, there it is. The obligatory misstep on the Washington football team name. Apologies. Uh, the the football team's bye in week nine. Antonio Gibson has 28 touches per game since their bye. So I think, you know, he's just, I don't know if he's going to get that work. Maybe he sees a few less targets. But, you know, 20 carries, 5 targets. Well within the uh, range of outcomes for Gibson this week against the Cowboys. Josh Jacobs. We have to see what the status of Jalen Richard is coming into this game. Um, If he's not playing and Jacobs is kind of the only guy out there. I'm really into Josh Jacobs this week. Never did I think I would say that. However, look, since they fired Gruden, he's getting targets. Look at, like, if you came into this season and you told me Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs would be getting peppered with targets coming down the stretch here, wouldn't have believed you, but Jacobs has like five targets a game since Gruden has been fired. That's huge in raising the floor, right? So if he's going to get 90 yards and a touchdown, 100 yards and a touchdown, that's 18, 16, 17, 18. DraftKings points, that's good. But if you're gonna add five targets, which will result in let's just say three for twenty, you're adding an extra five, six DK points onto that score. That's really uh you know what makes Jacobs a great point per dollar play. Then we have the issue of the cheap backs in San Francisco and now in Detroit. So obviously my favorite is my favorites are Michael Hasty. And Godwin, Igubuke. hopefully I said his name right, you can probably hear my dog, uh, he has risen, he's usually the second one up, it's, it's already, it's only about, I think it's about 6 a.m. at this point, and uh, you know, everybody's asleep, this is the only time I can get anything done, so I'm up early on a Saturday, I could hear the dog's nails above me uh, in what is our kitchen, so if you hear a little quick crack scrick, scratch scratch Uh, that's the good boy upstairs. Anyway, so obviously I think you guys have the common sense enough to realize of these four guys who is going to be the best play, right? So obviously I think if we'll have to see about Jeff Wilson's status, the way he's trending on Sunday, if he is out, obviously Michael Hasty is going to be a very chalky, good point-per-dollar play. If Jeff Wilson is in, you know, then it becomes – who are we rostering between Godwin and Iglebuke? I think Jamar Jefferson's off the table. I don't think he's going to see as many touches as Godwin. So I think it's either Godwin or Hasty. If I'm being completely honest, we'll have to see how that shakes out on Sunday. The other thing that we have to see how it shakes out on Sunday is the Los Angeles Chargers receivers. As of right now, it looks like Mike Williams is going to play. He's been testing negative because he's vaccinated despite you know, coming in close contact with Keenan Allen. If he plays, that makes uh, the situation a bit muddier, right? Like, if he was out, we knew that Palmer and Guyton are going to be on the field a good bit. Now, despite what people are telling you and what you're hearing, because I see it on Twitter, I see it on, I see it, you know, I listen to a few podcasts during the week. People are speaking with the confidence that they shouldn't have, right? I hear things like, well, Jalen Guyton is going to just run deep routes. Josh Palmer is going to be Keenan Allen. Then I hear things like, well, Guyton's the man to have. You're overthinking it. Then I, then I hear K.J. Hill's going to play in the slot and catch all of Keenan Allen's passes. I don't think anyone is, is 100% certain. I know no one is 100% certain on exactly what's going to happen in the Chargers offense this Sunday. The best we can do is take our best guess. But honestly, I am personally torn with what is going to happen if Mike Williams is active. I could see Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, and then multiple tight end sets for most of the game, to be honest with you. A lot of running, a lot of hitting uh, Donald Parham, a lot of hitting Jared Cook a lot of hitting Steven Anderson. And, you know, you play Josh Palmer, and he doesn't even see the field as much as you would have liked, right? Or you play K.J. Hill because you hear he's going to run, he's going to essentially be Keenan Allen, and he plays 30% of snaps and gets four targets. You don't. So in cash, I'm very, very hesitant. Now that Mike Williams is active, let me get that very clear. Like, I was all in on these guys. They're even going to be in my Core 4 article before I edit it. If Mike Williams and Keenan Allen were both going to be inactive, but it looks like Mike Williams will be active. So we'll have to, I mean, with the running back value that could open up here with Hasty or Godwin-Egobuke, here's the thing. I would much rather have a cheap running back who I know is going to see 15, to 15 touches out of the backfield, a couple targets, than you know Josh Palmer, who God knows how many times he's going to get target or be at, even be on the field with Mike Williams being active. So that's the way I'm leaning personally. I'm not ruling out playing a Chargers cheap punt wide receiver, but with Mike Williams in, it's looking iffy. For me, right? If I love my lineup, I have 3,400 left. Maybe I'll throw Jalen Guyton in there because obviously their medium projections are higher this week without Keenan Allen there getting 14 targets. However, we just can't reasonably predict, like we can with running backs, where the volume is going to go with a missing receiver uh from there I do like Chris Godwin at 7100 just a beast I mean I don't I feel like I don't have to say much about him Hunter Renfro 6100 don't really care he is basically uh, a strong strong wide receiver too at this point in fantasy he's basically The Raiders' wide receiver one without Darren Waller on the field. So as long as Darren Darren Waller is out, expect double-digit targets, expect a ton of catches because the guy runs crisp routes. He runs low A dot routes for the most part. Derek Carr targets him like a beast. They should be playing from behind, hopefully, in this Kansas City game. Last time they played Kansas City, he almost went for twenty DK points. He had seven catches and a touchdown. So I really think that Renfro is a solid play as well. Obviously, we have the. The cheap Chargers receivers, Uh, DJ is in play, 6,200. Cam loves to target DJ Moore. And especially without Christian McCaffrey there, you know, less reliance on dumping off to running backs. Usually DJ Moore will work in on those short routes. I did mention Brandon Cooks before. I like him at 5,700 with Davis Mills back. Davis Mills has, has peppered him with like 13 and 14 targets in some games. I do like Brandon Cooks. For, for tournaments, there are some wide receivers that I think are going to be somewhat lower-owned, but I think are going to be really, really good plays. Obviously, Tyreek Hill, but then also the Seattle receivers. Lockett, Metcalf, their prices have come down. They haven't done too much. Houston could be a get-right spot for them, especially with Russ looking like that finger is somewhat back to normal. And then, obviously, Stephon Diggs. I think... In that game, it's going to be very hard for guys to for players to stack up the bucks and the bills because they're just really, really priced up. So I like stacking that game and then getting to some cheaper pay downs that aren't the chalk, right? So if you're stacking bucks bills, try to get onto cheaper players that aren't the chalk, right? So like if you're stacking bucks bills, playing a, a chargers receiver that's going to be like 14 percent owned 18 percent owned in a tournament probably isn't the way to go um maybe find someone else at 4k or 3500 that you like instead at tight end um austin hooper is going to be the only brown available it looks like a tight end that obviously skyrockets his point per dollar play gerald everett's been seeing a ton of targets as well so i like gerald everett jared cook Right, so I think Jared Cook is a really good pivot in tournaments off of the Chargers wide receiver chalk. Um, I wouldn't even mind playing him in cash, but that's a little thin. But I do think playing Jared Cook in tournaments, right? Jared Cook is the one that catches two touchdowns and Palmer and Guyton fail. Absolute massive leverage on the field. Obviously paying up. You're going to look at Gronk and Kittle. I don't even think Kittle and Gronk are off the table in cash. Um, I think there's enough value at running back. You know, we're playing a cheap quarterback, most likely. I think we could play. There isn't a stud wide receiver like Diggs or or Tyree Kale that I don't that I think is going to be a cash play for me. So I think we could get to Gronk or maybe Kittle in cash. Don't normally do that. We'll see how it works out. At defense, Panthers against the Falcons make a ton of sense. Panthers are home. Their defense is playing pretty solid. I do like the Seahawks against David Davis Mills as well. All right, guys, that will do it for the Week 14 Ride in NFL DFS podcast. Good luck in all of your Week 14 contests. I will be back here on Monday with a review of my cash game lineup, and we'll talk some Monday night showdown plays. See you.